It doesn't literally matter what you say because, like, Alexa is recording. Like, when you say, like, hey Siri, it's, like, literally already recording yeah. you to know that you said hey Siri. Yeah. Alright, let's... <laughs> let's fucking do let's this! Let's fucking do this! <laughs> As I was just saying, our third podcast host, Wednesday, is here, so we're ready. This is our, like, lawless podcast. Like, it's not in a season. Yeah, <laughs> We just are doing it whenever we want. Our first episode after going rogue from our own self-imposed rules. I love doing that. <laughs> um, actually, I always, like, joke with my boss, Paul, because I literally never care about, like, structure or things like uh, we could change the magazine size any day we want like yeah. stuff like that and he's like no I'm 50 issues deep on his own magazine that comes out once a month black and white like yeah. I'm like I don't care at all about that I feel like it's silly to hold ourselves to arbitrary rules just because this is gonna get deep just because <laughs> other people have held themselves to arbitrary rules like yeah I get that like newspapers have to have like certain sizes and blah 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 but yeah to keep themselves in order but like just we can decide our own way to keep ourselves in order even if we decide to make the next magazine like 18 by 20 inches that's very true it would be fucking hilarious That'd be crazy <laughs> we wouldn't get enough good quality photos i, I think for see that some people on the subway like <laughs> Full. I wish you could see us. I actually literally have a magazine next to you that is that big. It's like 16 by 24 oh, inches. Sick. That's That's you the noise. <laughs> podcasts are really visual, so you can just you hear. You have to like, do the old person thing where you like put your head really far back, even though... That's what young. I do with my cell phones. Um, this is cool. What is this? It's called Sneeze Magazine. Wow. Um, they just actually... They do a lot of stuff with Supreme, I think. That one has a giant Supreme ad, but I think the last, or the next Everything is giant. (laughs) Yeah, everything is giant. But the one, the Supreme ad is double spread, so it's like if you open this giant magazine. Actually, that's, once again, podcasts are so visual, but the two photos I have in our podcast recording studio are uh, from this magazine. Oh, wow. So I just framed them. But. Um, okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> moving on, huh? I guess we can talk about our magazine now since we yeah. have been speaking a lot about that. Um, it's, it's out. It's, I mean, it's not out, but it's, sorry. It's <laughs> out to the printer for proofing. Exactly. We're That's doing what I the damn thing. It's out of my hands and into God's hands. <laughs> now. As in smart press. Adrian's actually the, the goddess of our magazine. I'm drinking his kombucha and I'm just like crying. It's going to be okay. We need to get a kombucha sponsor. We do have one, Kristen. <laughs> I am the kombucha sponsor. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in that one. Yeah, we can't mention talk. brands unless, uh, they, unless pay they pay us. And that's paying what... my salary doesn't count. We need extra money for the, the podcast mention. Let's go. I love that. <laughs> we learned a really good, speaking of magazine, we're not going to name who said this, but we have to say social media instead of Instagram because they're not paying us. I do like that. I do love that a lot because yeah. fuck Facebook. <laughs> Fuck Mark Zuckerberg. Fuck anyone who's not not giving money to the little people who are out there like putting the work in to like do stuff for their community. And I'm not even just saying that in terms of us, like just literally anyone. <laughs> That's very true. Okay, um, anyway. Magazine. Magazine. It is 
not out. It is out in the printer, but it will be out on September 29th online, but in real life, September 28th at the flower shop. The flower shop. Um, from 6 to 9 p.m. 21 plus, sorry to the young ones, but it'll be great. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm, this was the, is this, yeah, I feel like this is the first magazine that I really had a, like, real hand in in terms of the Mm -hmm. content. Yes. Like. Confirmed. The last issue, I had a hand in, like, helping with the ads. Yes. Which, thank you to everyone who advertised in that one. Thank you to those sponsors. And everyone who advertised in the upcoming one. Um, But I think very specifically, this is the first time that I, like, really worked with Adrian as, like, a partner to, like, curate the content. That's true. This reach out to people that I really wanted in the magazine that maybe Adrian, like, wasn't as on as much on Adrian's radar, or, like, whatever, and we actually, like, commissioned pieces that we wanted. Yeah, so, this is um, big. Yeah, this is a big one. I didn't realize it until now, like, this is, like, a true, honest (laughs) moment of reflection. Yeah, this feels, I mean, like, this feels very exciting, I'm not gonna say who, but we really have a photo on the cover now, speaking of commissioned speakers, or (laughs) mission pieces. Um, so we, like, hired a photographer to, like, do a real piece. Yeah, shouts out Abby. We can say we'll that. about Abby. Um, <laughs> love Abby. We don't want to give too many things away. <laughs> I, I just, no, that's that moment I've already come to terms with, but I'm glad you're live coming to terms. It's oh, really, I mean, like, it's being real. Adrian's just watching me have an emotional breakdown. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I can't believe we're, and in a good way, in a position where we can, like, ask these people, I don't want to give away too much, but, like, can you do this thing for us? And they actually want to. Yeah. And they're, like, awesome. excited. And it's, I think this is, for us, too, a moment where, we're like, we were, we've been looking up to people over the last two years, saying, like, oh, wow, like, what a crazy world it would be in if we could ever work with them. And then it's, like, oh, here we are. <laughs> and we did it. Which, so, I will say, exciting. big shouts out to Wheels of Fortune, because yeah. that really was the best thing that's happened to us. I honestly feel like Kristen Ebeling is, like, the keystone of the yeah. girl-skate community in that, like, she that's is fair. that, like, that pin that holds everything together, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's, you said this once, that you're a connector. Yeah. Like, you that, I don't, what is that Actually, about? Jess, Jessica Ooh. Bailey call me a connector Ooh. while we were at Wheels of Fortune. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And, but it's true. You, Kristen, maybe it's a Kristen thing. And yeah, because Kristen's out here. I um, actually met someone the other day, and I said, my favorite people are named Kristen, and she was like, well, I hope I could be one. I was like, mm, Well, there's only room for it. Perhaps not. So our third podcast <laughs> host is trying to kill something. Ha ha ha. But yeah. I'm excited to hear what everyone thinks about this issue, really. Yeah. It's a really good one. It and I'm not just saying us. that because yeah. I made it. But. It is. No, you're a G. I think, too, like, some of the people, when they were submitting, like, were like, okay, but I want to see, like, what it's going to look like when it's laid out. And I was just, like, very confidently, like, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> you really don't. I promise. <laughs> I have a degree in this, I swear. Yeah. But, no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy. So we'll let you know once we round it all out where you can purchase that, but you can always purchase it on quellskate.com. Yeah. 
I tried to sound cheesy and my nose is a little too stuffy and it was going to do that thing where you just like sound really sick. <laughs> so, haha. Ha. Um, next on our agenda was to talk about how you're broken. I broke myself. Um, I mean, it really was not next, but it was supposed to be first, but <laughs> um, you're broken. Yeah. Which I think makes me so sad. <laughs> generally more of a topic to be like, sorry if I've been slacking, oh, you haven't heard from us in a while. Sorry if our social media presence is Yeah, a I think lacking. the first week that I broke my wrist, like, I just went dark on the Instagram. I was it's just okay. like, that sucks. But I got surgery, um, second bro- broken bone in two years of skateboarding so if anyone wants to come at me saying that i haven't paid to play you're really you're you paying show off, off. I <laughs> my dues are paid i'm in the union let's go we need a um a wrist pad sponsor <laughs> yeah if anyone's out there trying to sponsor me for wrist cards so i broke my wrist I got surgery, now I have pins and a plate, and I think that's usually all the answers to the questions that people ask me. You, everyone <laughs> asks me, did she break it skateboarding? I was like, there's no other way she would have broken a bone. <laughs> like, just no. They were telling me about how the, it's common when from, like, old ladies, because their bones are brittle, but, like, old ladies fall from, like, a regular standing on the ground, yeah. and, like, I fell from, like, four feet in the air, so it's a little different. I don't think old ladies are doing Don't that. put your hands down when you fall if you didn't already learn that tip. Um, I yeah. did learn it, and I did fully know that I wasn't supposed to put my hands down, but sometimes you don't know that you're falling, and your body just does things without you asking it to, apparently. That's really true. I also just realized something while you were saying this, that this is the first time we'll be recording the intro before we actually talk to the guests. Yo! In the same day. So maybe this will really sound coherent. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we won't be able to, like, talk about, like, anything that we talked about with... True. True. Our guest. With our guest. Uh, Jesse. Yeah, (laughs) Jesse. Oh my god. Actually, hold on. We have to pause back. Let's see. There we are. Um, yes, Jesse Van big shouts out, will be our guest on this episode. We don't know what we're going to talk about. We kind of do, but we'll uh, let you hear that after. Jesse currently works for... Um, Although we won't talk a lot about that. What? Are we allowed to say that at all? I think we can say that. (laughs) Okay, we'll ask. We'll ask. Uh, um, it would be really funny if you just bleep it out in the post. I'll bleep that, it out. <laughs> if we can't talk about it, I'll definitely bleep it out. out. Um, but we can talk about her time skating with Brookie, skating mm-hmm. in the 90s, New York City 90s skate scene, which I'm pretty stoked about. Yeah. I think, um, as Quell has been, like, coming to fruition, and I really love how it's just kind of been happening organically. Like, Adrian and I have talked about, like, times that we've said we wanted to do things and just, like, mm-hmm. haven't. And then, like, when they did actually happen, like, they just made so much more sense. Yes, agreed. Um, and I think what I'm noticing, especially after we went to Wheels of Fortune, like, people saying that there really isn't, like, a source for women skateboarding from the East Coast perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, just by virtue of us living in New York and breathing the air that we breathe and doing the things that we do, we are naturally inclined to talk to people who are involved in East Coast skateboarding. Yeah, that's very fair. That's where we live. Um, so I think it's really cool that we've ended up um, kind of gravitating towards the women that really shaped what's going on in the East Coast. I love that. Yeah. That's for real. We got 
three members of the rookie squad. We're just adding them all up. Jamie and Lisa. Oh my and god. And Jesse. <laughs> my, wait. Did you hear me? <laughs> wait. My brain, I, it was like I didn't know how to like understand words or numbers. And also, we met Jesse at Wheels of Fortune. With so, Lisa. And, and Lisa Jamie. And they were Jamie. all hanging out together eating pizza. <laughs> and Lisa actually was like, this is the one you need to get on the pod. I was like, alright, let's do it. Oh, fun fact, if Lisa Whitaker says you need to do something, you need to do yeah, it. Yeah, you need to like, sell your kidneys. You gotta do it. Just kidding. Lisa She's gonna call us and be like, no! Lisa would be like, I literally never said that. Please don't. She's like, oh, I am nice and Speaking of Lisa, oh, sorry, oh, I did not mean to cut you off. Danny Bowen, the chef, took his son to buy a skateboard, and it was a meow deck. At- Who is Danny Bowen? Um, <laughs> just Mission Chinese skate the. Oh yeah. Right? Is it Danny Bowen? I oh, there's always another one too, and yeah, it is Danny Bowen. Um, but he took his son to buy a skateboard, and he picked out a meow board. No, I love that. I, I sent it to Lisa actually, and I was like, look at this. That's amazing. I don't know. It was cool. What? That no. That just reminded me of something. Um, there's a few things that like pop, like stick out in my head, and that's like now gonna be one of them. Of yeah. Just like women setting the tone for something, uh-huh. and like I think seeing the younger generation interacting with skateboarding yeah. now that women are like really like out there, out there like in a different way than before. Totally. Um, like. People, I would say, like, guys in their late 20s, 30s are kind of like, oh, meow boards, think that's cool, unless they're, like, really intertwined with a female skateboarder within the crowd of, like, people who (laughs) ride for meow or Lisa, probably not buying a meow board. Totally. But I love seeing that there's, like, a younger generation that's not going to see it like that. That's just going to be, like... just, like, walked in and That's the board that I like. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe Vanessa Torres or Lacey Baker is a skateboarder that they really like and they're not thinking about it in terms of gender. Like, totally. That's the goal. They're just like, that's it. Um, I love that and I do agree. That is really awesome. Yeah. Um, the other two things that come to mind that, like, that's why I was like, oh, <laughs> light bulb. <laughs> One, I think I've mentioned this before, like, Skate Like a Girl offering lessons to all genders under uh-huh. a certain age. Yeah. Um, I just re- I just hear Kim Woozy in my head going, because it is a radical act for a young boy to learn how to skateboard from a woman, and I was just like, yes! That is <laughs> Yes. It, like, gives me chills thinking about it. And then, um, I think it was... I don't know, is it... I don't want to say which skateboarder it is, because I think it was Ruthie, but I'm not positive, mm-hmm. but it's uh, one of the younger girl skaters that comes to a lot of the crawl meetups. Someone telling me that their younger brother didn't want to skate because they thought it was something just for girls. Oh, I feel like we mentioned this, and I think it was Ruthie. It was Ruthie. That, like, so that's, like, my, Oh, like, it was jo- It was Ruthie's mom, Georgia. Yeah. Who said also, that. Also, shout out to Georgia Love for them. being, like, the coolest skate mom out there. Yes. What, what is the event that they're doing? Oh, they're doing the Majestic Skate Crew. Love that. The Majestic Skate Park. Um, they are doing an event that I am live looking up on Instagram ooh, because ooh. that's how we do. And because I said the word Instagram, I started typing that. Social media, not Instagram. Just kidding. Well, um, yeah, fuck that. On my phone, the internet. <laughs> phone. Um, what, what is it called? Majestic Skate Crew, right? Yes. 
Skate Jam on the 7th. So, very cool. Housewife Skateboards is sponsoring, and so is Grit and Grace. So, some of the homies, a few other brands, but... We'll be setting up some stuff, and you'll get a chance to win if you go. Yeah. Woo! Go hang out with some of our favorite upstaters. Speaking of events, um, we oh. did a meetup. Real Yay. chill. I want to do more of those. Yeah, that you were was broken. fun. I was broken. I had um, like a six inch fat um, oh God, yeah, foam thing that had to keep my arm yeah. above my heart. I remember before my surgery saying, can I go to the skate park on Sunday? I got surgery on a Wednesday. And they just kind of looked at me and they were like, uh, if you want to leave your house? As if, like, I was going to be, like, so miserable that, like, the idea of going that day was going to be, like, off the table. Right. And then, like, but I did really, really save my energy, like the Friday and Saturday, even though I was feeling okay, because I was like, no, I yeah. am going, and it was fine, I don't know why the doctors acted like that. I don't know, sometimes I feel like when I'm sick, not that you were, but like, when you finally go to do something, you're like, oh my god, that was so much harder, but yeah. No, it actually was like, no, I did have it, and oh. I ended up having a scream cry, <laughs> No. because oh. I think that I did put, I did put too much energy out there that mm-hmm. day. I ended up going to KCDC and hanging out Yeah, you did bit. do a lot of We, like, stuff. got tacos. That is And great. then, like, we walked down Williamsburg for a little bit. All with my big old arm. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, no exaggeration. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna kick you. That was, like, probably, like, a foot wide and, like, a foot and a half tall <laughs> of foam. It was, like, as big as my torso. Just carrying People your whole arm. I was, ca- I was carrying a cooler. Really? Around. Yeah, people were asking so me, like, funny. why are you carrying something? You have a broken wrist. And then we're like, oh, Ooh. wait. <laughs> Damn. Well, we did have a lot of beginner girls, and it was really exciting yeah. to teach them how to skate down things, because I have finally conquered that <laughs> fear. So yeah. that was really awesome, and it was I just nice. Also, I love when we do the skate jams, like, at Cooper or, like, yeah. whatever skate park, because... You get to watch the energy of the park shift totally. from, like, testosterone-driven show-offiness mm-hmm. to just, like, mad chill. Yes. And yes. even the, like, yes. testosterone dudes, as more and more non-males started to arrive, yeah. you kind of just saw their, their style of skateboarding chilling out. And, like, totally. they weren't, they didn't seem mad about it. They came and they hung out with us. Yeah, it was nice. But they adjusted their energy to the rest of the energy that was around it. And I think that's, like, to me, why having the skate jams, even if it's not, like, this, like, big branded quell event is super totally. important for, like, I agree. for non-men to just go out and skate in groups. Because yeah. now, like, by power of numbers, like, you control totally. the energy of the space. I love that. Sorry about my rant. No, you've been doing some good ones on this episode so far. No, I'm for real. in like manic Virgo mode this week. I'm like, let's go. We got so much shit going on. My brain's on fire. The Virgo energy is really just all over the place. Yes, it's Virgo season Woo-hoo. and Quell is run by two Virgos from yes. opposite ends of the Virgo land. That is really true. My birthday is technically tomorrow 
of recording, but it will be passed by the time this comes out. Yeah, so Adrian can ride Ooh. cars now. I can. That's So that's sick. It's really, that's she's the only one that knows how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> the only exciting thing about turning 25 is that I think um, I can rent a car for Quell. I'm just excited that you were born. Well, so. <laughs> Thank you. Because I love you. <laughs> holding Kristen's <laughs> two hands. Um, wow. I really was going to say something else, and now I'm just like, I'm just I can't believe it. Girl. What was I about to say? M-I-C-S-P? No. That was also, oh, last thing, and then we'll move on to that okay. event. Um, I will say, not that I ever like you being broken, but I felt like I had to take the responsibility of what you normally do, and oh. I'm very not as extroverted when it comes to, like, going out and teaching people and whatever, and I, like, taught a girl how to kick turn, which I'd yeah. never done that before, and, like, really interacted in a different way with our events, and that was, like, really awesome to Yay. do. See? So. Silver lining to my broken wrist. <laughs> yes. Adrian comes out of her shell. But I do <laughs> love those events, because, like, at the end of the day, Quell is just about getting girls on skateboards, yeah. and that is the exact perfect experience it really is and like girls a couple girls had never been to a skate park yeah so and that i think that's one of the coolest things that i see with our meetups is that people who have been skating um coming up and being like i've been skating for a while maybe it's been three months maybe it's been three years yeah but i've never been to a skate park before because i was too scared yeah and like beyond like the energy shift that i mentioned totally just the fact that like Knowing that we were going to be there to show them the ropes, whether yeah. it was, like, they were worried about etiquette or worried about, like, someone judging them, totally. like, we would be there to, like, take that pressure off, I think is really awesome, too. Someone did ask me if I was the other voice on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, I am. Oh, it's me. <laughs> um, moving on to NYCSP. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to take it away? Sure. Um, so NYCSP, this is the second one. It stands for NYC Skate Project. It's funny because I used to think that it didn't roll off your tongue, and now I can't stop saying NYCSP. NYCSP. <laughs> I'm glad you kept saying it like that because searching it was really difficult for me to remember for some reason. Yeah. Um, so this is the brainchild of Lacey Baker, and they really are just like all about just crushing the patriarchy in any way, shape, or form, yeah. which is why we love them. And um, the first one was in January. Mm -hmm. It was and definitely cool. And Chris and Evelyn came out from Skate Like a Girl. It was super cute. It was at Skate Brooklyn. So this was the second NYCSP event, and mm -hmm. it was at Blue Park. Um, Nike hooked it up with some merch and a new rail and then the ramp or no there was a there's a new rail that's like literally drilled into the ground at blue park now well, but i thought the red ramp too they hooked it up that's coda oh that was coda all right there shout you out go. to coda shout skateboard out. pat smith we love you um see pat doesn't have to pay for a mention no that you, one's free. You get some, yeah. We get Pat free pays, pays for mentions in random quarter pipes sent to Blue Park. <laughs> True. We love you. <laughs> send it on over. Um, actually, Lacey was wearing um, the Coda Skateboards Variety Coffee 
collab t-shirt at the event, which wow. I thought was cool to see. Um, because you gotta support the local homies, you know? Very true. Um, so, yeah, so there were clinics, there was pizza. Also, shout out for thinking about the vegan folks. Maybe eventually people will start getting gluten-free pizzas for Adrian. <laughs> One day. <laughs> I think I come prepared, usually, fed. Yeah. Um, so, a bunch of folks came out to teach. It was, like, probably 75 people at the end of the day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I left like... a little early, but there was at least 40 yeah. in the beginning session, I think. Yeah. It was amazing. That was super That's fun. so awesome. Um, did I mention that Kristen Evelyn was there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like there are so many components and that, like, you know, kudos to Lacey for putting, like, all of those pieces together. Also, thank you for, like, giving me something to do while I had a broken wrist because I, like, couldn't skate or teach people how to skate, yeah. so I, I got to check everyone in. <laughs> yeah, which was very helpful. I mean, someone's going to do it, you know? I did the um, facilitator training, mm-hmm. which I know you, Kristen, had done in January, so yeah. it was nice because obviously we do teach, like, kind of based off the Skate Like a Girl stuff, just, like, through knowing other Kristen, but mm-hmm. it was nice to, like, hear it again and kind of, like, know... I, I don't know, some parts of it I, like, were just guessing how to go by, and I really yeah. felt like I got a refresher. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's nice to just take a step back and remind yourself, like, how to teach people. Honestly, it really does take a little, like, moment of just saying, like, okay, I'm going to approach it this way. I'm going to offer mm-hmm. my arms and not my hands, because I don't want anyone to get hurt. Just yes. Things like that. Um... So, I would say definitely a successful event. The after party was at KCDC, um, and it was punk rock karaoke, and it was so much fun, and I really want to have punk rock karaoke every month at KCDC now. I (laughs) literally, like, when Kristen performed, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Just, like, who was that? Was that you, really? When they said Kristen, I was like, oh, yeah, other Kristen, like, totally, and then I heard you, and I was like, what? Hold on, (laughs) ma'am. Amazing. It was incredible. Thanks. It was really great. Jessica asked me, she, I, I walked off the, like, stage, I guess you would call it, and Jessica was like, we should start a band. <laughs> You're like, mm, that's... And I was like, that's honestly the best, that's the best compliment you can get after, yeah, after doing karaoke. karaoke oh, Someone amazing. just immediately wants to start a band with you. You're like, I did something right. You're like, please commit several hours of my life <laughs> to me, or your yeah. life to me. I already commit all of my hours to Jessica Bailey. I literally dream about her in my sleep because she's oh. my favorite skateboarder now. Not in a weird oh. way. <laughs> I do love Jess. Um, even though Jess always makes me feel crazy because I literally can never tell if Jess likes me, even though I know she does. She's the driest, most sarcastic person I think poten- potentially on earth. Jess is literally like my cat. It's like I'm like, do you hate me or do love you like me? me? I really, literally cannot. Oh my tell. god, she's gonna fight you for this. If she I hope it. so. I really come on. Um, wait. There was something else I was gonna say about. Oh, that was as dumb as about me. I want to talk about myself more. So anyway, back back to me. You can talk about yourself. Oh, just I didn't think about my karaoke performance, but your response, Jess's response, 
And Phil's response were like the trifecta of like hilarious responses. I mean, <laughs> listen, it deserved it deserved all three of the responses. Phil was literally just like, I'm scared of you. <laughs> what song did you sing in? Cherry Bomb, Bomb by the Runaways. It's okay. the only karaoke song. That's I what I said to someone. I was like, she sung Cherry Bomb, and they were like, what song is that? I was like, it's like Cherry Bomb. Okay. I, it's like, like you what? literally just say the word Cherry Bomb like, over and over again. <laughs> I don't know. It was amazing. It was uh, so great. Yeah. Could, like, honestly, the whole thing, like, you could just tell that every little piece of the event was really thought through, and for the people, there was no ego in any of it, um, so, thanks Lacey and Kristen yeah. for doing the thing. It was amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. any last words Wednesday? Alright, guess not. Well, <laughs> Wednesday says we're done. <laughs> Wednesday says we're done. On to... Jesse's interview. Literally, we're doing it right now. This is so exciting. We've never done this before. Should I do a fake drum roll? I don't think that sounds That's like kind of like a rain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. bye. a sponsored skater I was pro and I did that until like the early 2000s and then I, I started getting interested in design and I transitioned into working as a designer for the last 10 years since then and then kind of wanted to get a little bit back in skateboarding and mm-hmm. I you know dabbled with kind of like some creative projects to get back in I did some graphics for meow and I wanted mm-hmm. to do some some other graphics on my own and through that kind of started talking to people a bit again and then that's how the job came up um the opportunity came up with adidas cool so that's gonna be the intro <laughs> so that's perfect well, there as we soon go. as the interview starts it's just gonna be like you rolling in with that <laughs> whole like <laughs> there we go like, perfect no, no that was that was, that was great cliff notes Okay, cool. So I think we can probably start from here if you want, if you're ready to go. Jesse Van! (laughs) Can, before we do anything, let's go ahead and pronounce your last name. (laughs) Putting the pressure. My full last name is Van Rukout. Van Rukout. Yeah, Jesse Van Rukout. And if you saw it spelled out, You'd never be able to pronounce it. Yeah. And uh, I should have shortened it when I was sponsored, but I didn't. <laughs> it got turned into all kinds of misspellings that would perpetuate themselves because people would look in a mag and see the misspelling oh. and then they would misspell it thinking they had the correct spelling. Oh, then, God. Uh, and then Rookie started a thing that was just uh, Van Rockout so that people could pronounce it. That's so awesome. I had that. Like, my actual boards were, like, Jesse Van Rockout. Um, which is not that far off the actual pronunciation, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, it's just a, it's a long name and only people in Holland can say it, so. <laughs> Very cool. Van Rockout. That's sick. That's really good. Do you feel like that, like, associated <laughs> with your personality at all? Do you? No. Do you, is someone who rocks <laughs> out? <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I can rage, probably more so when I was younger, but I'm definitely an introvert. Like, okay. I can rage for a little bit, and then I need to retreat and recover. Well, That's retard. me, a thousand and one percent. Yeah. Maybe it's also, like, a designer thing, too. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, to get really good at all, 
all those skills and that creative space, you need to be someone who loves time on your own. That's yeah, for sure. I do. My fr- my best friends are always like messing with me that they never see me, and I'm like, listen, out of everyone, it's either you guys or Kristen. There's no one else I'm hanging out with except <laughs> yeah. for myself. So don't don't worry. Yeah, yeah Adrian, like there's a lot of work. Yeah, it's funny. I think um. Between, like, so Adrian's yeah. a designer, Lacey's a designer, Jessica's a designer, and I would say, like, all three of you will just, like, randomly, like, send me, like, a t-shirt idea or something, and yep. I'm like, that's what you're doing with your free time. That's, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. It's good. It's needed. Yeah. It I'm is. thankful for the introverts and the designers of this world, for sure, so. <laughs> Thank you. Um, alright, so we've got your name covered. Um, just before we, like, get into the nitty-gritty, like, I think it's always nice just to kind of hear, like, where you're from, when, and how you started skateboarding. Okay, um, I'm from British Columbia, Canada. I grew up, like, about a six-hour drive inland from Vancouver in a, near a town called Kelowna, and it was, like, I had a dirt driveway that went for about half a mile before you even got to any pavement and even that pavement was probably too rough to roll on yeah um so i i mean i found a skateboard at the garbage dump that sounds like so impoverished but it was just (laughs) someone was throwing out this old like 70s board so i actually had a board from the time i was really young that was probably from the time when i was seven but i really had nothing to actually skate I mean I would I learned to push on that board and I could push back and forth on my parents deck but that was like the limit of smooth ground Mm -hmm. and then uh and then when I was 10 I got straight A's and my mom (laughs) got me a skateboard and by some miracle I actually chose a really cool board for I feel like a lot of young kids kind of go wrong choosing stuff but that (laughs) setup was like I got a Tony Hawk Mini when it was like, this was Bones Brigade era, it was like fluorescent pink. This would have been like 1988. It was like the sickest board. I wish I still had that. (laughs) I wish I had that board now. Classic Tony Hawk (laughs) skull. I had black rails. I had OJ2 wheels. I had in trucks. Like, I I dialed it on that. Wow. Yeah. Seriously, that's a dream board right there. (laughs) Did you do research or did you kind of just like choose the things and it ended up being that way? I think the people at the shop definitely helped me out. And they, yeah, yeah they hooked me up. That was pretty nice. nice. Uh, so, what yeah, shop did you get it from? Do I got it at Go Skate in Santa Cruz, okay. California. Um, so, yeah, I mean, where, where I was, I didn't really have access to anything like that, especially not in that era. But <laughs> my mom was a flight attendant, so I used to travel a ton with her. Oh, and oh, she cool. was always super supportive of stuff. So, um, yeah, I got that skateboard. I learned to ollie on that skateboard. And then that summer, I had, I really still had no idea what was going on in skateboarding. Like, I, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen any magazines or any videos or anything at that point. Um, but I went to a little kid's summer camp, and they had some local, they called them pros. I mean, these guys were really awesome, but they were just, like, <laughs> some local kids who came by, and they showed us how to ollie and kickflip yeah. and stuff like that. Um but, yeah, I, I got as far as ollieing, and then I used to try to early grab, like, I used to ride down my dirt driveway and uh, tr- and try to early grab, and the, the wheels back in those days were, like, really, really big. They were, like, bigger than cruiser wheels. They were, like, 62 or 63 millimeters, oh, so wow. I could actually get going on the, the hard-packed dirt, and, uh, nice. but, yeah, I had no idea. My idea of skateboarding was, like, some evil Knievel stuff or something. <laughs> so I would just try to... Um, 
early grab over like these apple boxes and uh, wow. <laughs> and I slammed like that that year I remember in the fall and I just had to get stitches all the way up my arm wow and then I think like and then it was winter time and I just didn't really pick up skateboarding again until uh, I went to high school and I had always been such a tomboy and like totally could get into that more later like yeah. I totally like pretty much like passed as a boy like when I was younger like I had short hair and my name was you know gender neutral so I kind of just was like I don't know it never was a problem it never really was a thing but (laughs) when I went to high school I was going to be in a bigger class and I thought like okay I'm going to try to be like a normal girl (laughs) and I kind of did a terrible job of that like I had like these like big purple pants and like oh my god uh, yeah I was such a weirdo but I was fully trying to be normal but I just couldn't do it and that's uh, so funny you'd probably be more normal if you just didn't try I know yeah. that feeling yeah. yeah so I I hung out with these girls who were kind of like the, the nerdy kids who got picked on and uh they were I mean they were really sweet but one day when when the skaters were picking on us one of the girls was like Jesse has a skateboard <laughs> and oh, you're like, no. wait, no, please. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then they only only bothered me after that. They were like, bring your skateboard, bring your skateboard. And it was always like a joke to them. But I I got, so I knew I couldn't bring that board that was like already at that point, probably like six or seven years old. Yeah. So I ordered another board. And at this point, I'm talking like 93, probably 92, mm-hmm. 93. I ordered a board, this is like pre-internet, ordered it on the phone, had it mail ordered to like a friend's house in the US and my mom picked it up and brought it back to me in Canada. And then once I got that board, at that time like boards had noses and tails and it was like an ever slick. So um, it was again a pretty good setup. Um, so I, I rode, yeah, when I got that board, I took it to school, and I started skating with everyone, and I was, yeah, again, just, like, such an introvert that I just, that's all I did was skate. Like, I would get up in the morning before school and skate at, like, 5 in the morning oh, in wow. my uh, parents' garage, and just, wow. like, standing still, like, practicing flip tricks and stuff, and wow. uh, and then I I would skate at lunch hour, and then after school, and, yeah, pretty much just skated, and ended up, like, learning stuff pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, when I had been younger, I had been trying to do the, like, ollieing and trying that forever, and I could only ollie, like, two inches high or something, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, when I was in high school, I could ollie, like, you know, like, a foot and a half, I could ollie upstairs and stuff, wow. so it was, it, the, I feel like the progression went really fast, but it's also, like, before the internet, before Instagram, you know, like, mm-hmm. I literally dedicated every moment of my day, I was probably skating, like, eight hours a day or something, wow. so, yeah. Um, it so was, that's how I don't know, I that would be skate. almost hard. Like, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Just quit your job, skate eight hours a day. Yeah. Yeah, full session. Like, But I certainly wasn't, like, trying. It wasn't like I right. was like, oh, I mean, I need to put in my hours. Yeah, yeah. Like that. It was just like, that was just my refuge from everything. Yeah. I, I did my homework, and I skated, and I lived in the middle of nowhere. So, like, for a lot of that, I was, except for at school, at lunch hour, I was skating on my own. Mm-hmm. until until I got my driver's license when I was 16 and then yeah and then my life was still pretty much focused on skating but I was able to drive like a half hour either north mm-hmm. or south of where I lived there were two different towns with skate parks and cool. um yeah and it, it all went really quickly I feel like once I yeah. I like I got sponsored by local shops and and stuff went went pretty fast from there but like 
uh, it was just like, I just loved it. I couldn't not skate, you know? I was pretty addicted to just the progression of all of it. I totally get that. I think, like, most people can speak to that feeling of, like, mm-hmm. oh, I just learned how to do this thing, so now I want to, like, put the work in. And, like, it, yeah. the time really does fly. Um, yep. But I have a question. <laughs> all of this, like, I going from, like, not skating and, like, trying to be a girl... Then, like, skating eight hours a day. This all started from one conversation of just, like, proving the bullies wrong? No. <laughs> I mean, obviously that's oversimplifying it, but was that, like, kind of the impetus of, like, picking the board back up again? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was, well, I, it was, um, I mean, it was that, but it was also that I really didn't, I mean, these other girls that I was hanging out with, I was really trying to fit in, but I was, I had nothing common with them I didn't um they were really nice but like I had no interest in hanging out with them and uh and I just loved skating I still was always I mean it had even when I was that little kid who picked up the board at the garbage dump in the like 80s I was yeah I just always thought skateboarding looked so amazing like every form of it whether it was like people you know bombing hills on banana boards in the mm-hmm. 70s or whether it was people skating vert ramps in the 80s or mm-hmm. whether it was like people doing super technical tricks in yeah. the early 90s I just I don't know was always drawn to it and then um I guess yeah that one kid who was kind of like the bully kid who would pick on me to bring mm-hmm. board he was actually really sweet like he, you know, had the look of being, like, the yeah. tough guy kid, but, in fact, he ended up being really, really supportive, mm-hmm. and and so did some of the other skaters, and it's also, I mean, worth saying maybe that at that point in time, skaters were the kids getting beat up all the time, like, yeah. it wasn't cool to skateboard in, like, 1993 at your high school, the jocks were beating the skaters up, it yeah. was, like, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> so it, it, was, uh, it was still an outcast thing. Yeah, even. for sure. But it definitely stemmed from that kid sort of thinking it was funny that I had a skateboard and that, like, oh, my God, this girl would show up. And it was probably, like, kind of unthinkable. Like, they'd probably never seen a girl skate. Yeah. Um, and there were there were actually these two other girls in my high school that skated, but they didn't skate with those guys. Mm-hmm. And it's they were always, like, as far as, you know, when people say, like, uh, you can only be what you can see kind of thing, I do think to some degree that probably had registered for me. Like, they were, I always thought they were really cool, but mm-hmm. they were quite a few years older, and I never I never actually ended up skateboarding with them, but they were always really nice to me and yeah. uh, and probably did at some point, like, set some sort of bar of possibility for me there. Oh, that's, cool. that's awesome. That's actually perfect segue to my next question, which was... <laughs> Do you think that, like, you approached skateboarding differently because you were a girl, or did that even, like, occur to you? And, like, yeah. I think, um, (laughs) yeah, I I really feel that, like, stuff would have been so entirely different for me had I started even a year later than I did, like, Mm -hmm. in that era when I was, like, 14 and I really, really got into it. If I had waited till I was 15 or 16, Mm -hmm. it would have been very, very different, because I just remember like the progression that first year for me was so different because I was so unself-conscious of everything. I I wasn't, I didn't situate myself in my, you know, in my body or like I was just looking out doing my thing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really reflecting back on myself or my position. I'm sure that it's 
kind of impossible to completely escape that um, mm -hmm. like idea of how you self-identify and what makes what's possible because of that but it definitely was less of a thing when I was 14 than it was when I was 16 or 18 or like 20 and mm -hmm. I think yeah, at that point, it was really limiting my progression. Like, by the time I was, like, 18 or 19 or moved to California, like, I was so hyper-critical, so aware of myself, so aware of standing out. It was, um, yeah, it really, like, crippled my progression at that point. But I think when I was younger, it wasn't such a big deal. Mm -hmm. How do you think that, like, society and the rest of the world around you started, like, had an impact on how you were seeing yourself as you got older and you felt that it was like a detriment? I think, well, I think for me, I'm probably a little bit slower than most other girls to pick up on stuff, a little less emotionally aware, at least as a kid. Yeah. And that was a real help in progressing at skateboarding. I think yeah. a lot of girls are very aware when they're eight or nine years old of what people around them are, are thinking or looking at, et cetera. Um, I definitely think also like that I grew up with this gender neutral name mm -hmm. where my mom was always very supportive. I always wanted to do stuff like, oh, I want to play judo or I want to play hockey. And my mom would look into it and not really take no for an answer. Like she would go and sign me up. And yeah. um, that's like, my name was gender neutral, so I don't think it really ever became a big deal. However, if it had maybe been like Jennifer or something and they mm -hmm. saw that name listed for the hockey team, there might have been problems. Yeah, right. But there really weren't. Uh, I mean, like, I signed up and I feel like every there was one kid who was in my class who knew I was a girl, but the yeah. rest of the whole hockey team, I don't think, ever even knew I was a girl. Like, you know, there was pads and helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was. Um, I think like having that upbringing where it was just it just wasn't even a thing which mm -hmm. is I mean it kind of was because I knew like oh I'm supposed to be like a girl and I'm not a normal girl you know yeah. so I, like I was conscious of that but in terms of probably my everyday experiences when I was playing hockey or whatever I probably was more like what most boys experience where they're encouraged to take risks mm -hmm. and encouraged to test boundaries rather than like I know now when I go when I say I'm going skating to someone they'll be like oh be careful or mm -hmm. and that's, that's what girls get their whole lives girls yeah. are um yeah it's like society's job to like you know <laughs> tell you to be careful all the yep. time or to be super self-conscious of yourself and what people are thinking of you and yeah, I think, like, there's just not that kind of attention on, on guys, when they're, especially when they're starting out, to be, like, one of many at a park. Yeah. And, like, I think that's changing now. There's definitely, like, it's cool to have skate meetups where you can feel like, you know, you, there's a bunch of other people like you and you just totally. can be yourself. Totally. That's wild. I just had, like, a light bulb moment when you were talking about this because, like, I'm a 30-year-old woman and I get people every day like, oh, you got to be careful skating. Or like, I just broke my wrist. And they're like, so you're not going to skate anymore, right? Like, you've got to be crazy. Oh and, like, and I'm like, I'm literally a grown adult taking care of myself. So like, what is the problem? And it never occurred to me until you just said that. I was just like, 
damn, they're not saying that to a guy, even no. if they are just yeah. starting skating at 30. Like, people are like, oh, man, that's cool. Like. Yeah, totally. And and it's not, I don't think that they even are aware of what they're doing. You Probably know, not. but it's, it's like society's, like, habits, conversational yeah. habits, wording. Mm-hmm. It's everything's kind of loaded. Yeah, yeah, with that kind of intention. My yeah. parents are always like, "Did you fall?" I'm like, "That's kind of some some of the point." Yeah, that I have to. <laughs> like, yeah. Did you have an amazing day of self discovery? Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I yes, fell. Also that. It's like I fell, but I'm fine. Don't worry. That's why yeah. I wear the wrist pads, which. I just was making fun of Kristen about, but <laughs> as designers, I'm sure, I don't know if you do this, but I literally am like, I have to wear the wrist pads. I can't not, but regardless. Yeah. But, well, but what you got to really do is don't put your wrist down at all. You need to curl up and don't put your arms talk like to a, me about like this right now. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my like broken wrist up in the air, like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hold, hold the arms up, like curling a ball. Oh, keep your head up. I feel like I... Now that you're saying this, though, I feel like there needs to be, like, some sort of falling lessons. You know what your falling lesson is? Breaking your wrist and being like, that's not happening again. Yeah, but... Yeah. No, no, no. You should should practice falling. I don't know how you really practice falling other than falling, but... That's the problem. I guess that's the problem. (laughs) It's, um... Yeah, for, for me, for example, like, I grew up street skating, and my, I don't skate a ton now, like, I still skate once or twice a week, but I'm not, like, putting in the hours like I was when I was younger, mm-hmm. and those reflexes aren't, like, for me, when I fall on the street, I'm good, like, I, I know how to fall, and mm-hmm. when I, I always get kind of wrecked when I go skate transition, because I just <laughs> don't know how to fall in transition, yeah. and, I'm always like, oh, no, don't try to run it out because then you'll sprain your ankle in the transition mm-hmm. and then or your board will hit your ankle. And then I'm like trying to I heard you're supposed to like in a bowl, you should throw your body against the wall of the bowl. Right. And slide down to the bottom. Yeah. But I'm usually not skating something that's big enough for that. So I'm just like throwing <laughs> myself on the like coping. Onto the coping. Way worse. I mean, that's like. It's a rough one, and it's also just, like, as with a million different things in skating is, like, how your body works with it, too. Yeah. You know? Like... Yeah. Also, not to derail the tangent from that point you made earlier, because that was really important, too, that (laughs) women are the only ones really being told to be careful. Yeah, we just went off. Sorry, because I know that uh, that was important, and I didn't mean to gloss over that, because it's true. Even, like, when I talk about doing quell stuff with, like, with anyone, they're like, oh, well, are you girls careful? I definitely, like, I... Are you girls careful? You, are you that girls should be, be in your t-shirt. That is, yes. <laughs> be careful. Or it's just, like, screaming, be careful to guys street skating if you're in a car out the window. Uh, yeah. Be careful. That That is super funny. I Yeah, I like that a lot. I love how Kristen talks about just taking any gender norm and yeah. turning it upside down yes yeah that looks it's a it is really a good litmus test on like sort of 
you know, looking at things in, in a real objective way. Yeah. And you, yeah. it makes some things look so ridiculous. It's like, you have to laugh at yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, he's pretty good for a dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I choose talking about that on one of their like Vent City episodes. I started like re-listening to the whole thing and I audibly was laughing out loud. It's so good what they do with the skate witches stuff. Alright. Um, speaking of skate witches, um, there's a lot of women in skateboarding in the media right now. They're in ads, they're on billboards. Um, that just started happening like within the last decade-ish, I feel like. I feel like quarter, quarter decade. Quarter decade? That's <laughs> four years. <laughs> but yeah, I that's feel not like quarter I mean, decade. The mainstream support for it now, or I don't know if you'd call it support, but the the idea of putting putting like women on skateboards in every ad that yeah. that is re- really pretty new i feel yeah. like within like the last two and a half years mm-hmm. probably yeah and but i i mean i feel like the industry or like people often talk about i know people who've been around longer know that that's not the case but there's like this idea that like oh my god like girl skating never existed before now and yeah that's something i feel like is it's kind of a shame because there is so much and we see like I would I mean I wasn't around in the 60s or early 70s when you had those those photos that did make the mainstream like mm-hmm. cover of life magazine and stuff like yeah. that of women skateboarding but it was very much like a kind of a you know a very feminine look yeah. on mm-hmm. traditionally feminine look on women skateboarding mm-hmm. uh, like short shorts and you know long hair mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing and I feel like the 80s and 90s, there's so much good stuff that happened, and there's so, probably so much that I don't even know of, but I know, like, Cara Beth, Lori Rigsby, they had covers, like, Sasha Clark had, like, probably the first photo skating a handrail, she mm-hmm. had a board slide in Adventure ad, I believe, um, and it, it's, like, uh, a lot of people don't know about that stuff, yeah. and they're not, like, instagramming it so it's like this sort of like recreation of that history via like what people see on instagram which is um kind of misses a lot you know yeah totally do you think um oh go ahead do you think it would be different if there was social media in the 90s this question comes up a lot (laughs) (laughs) Mm, yeah uh i mean that's yeah it's kind of hard to even imagine that like like, could there be social media without the rest of the internet? Or would there be, like, the internet and it would be True. the same? I know. Um, I think, like, on the whole, social media has been really good. Because what I used to get told when I would go to magazines, like, I did have a lot of coverage because I was friends with all the photographers. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, like, it's too bad. Like, now looking at how video has become the most accessible medium I never mm-hmm. would have thought of that because back in those days it was so inaccessible because mm-hmm. you needed to have a video camera that cost like a year's worth of rent mm-hmm. and you know now everyone has a camera in their phone and that kind of thing but um the mags were very much yeah it was like a very top-down kind of enterprise and like guides would say we can't show a photo of that it'll make it look like it's a really easy trick if someone sees a girl doing it wow. or they would say like i like i literally heard that from an editor <laughs> that's and then, wow. no wow <laughs> that's crazy other stuff like um trying to think where they would also just say like oh nobody wants to see a girl in the max you know 
That's that brutal. was like hypothetical. And I, I have yeah. had people say really cool, interesting things to me. Like <laughs> Bob Twyle was telling me how, like, hey, you know, everything they say about women skateboarding now, it's like they used to tell us this stuff about like not wanting to see European skateboarders and now mm. look at the industry like, you know, the coolest companies from Europe. And yeah. so I think that it is it's something there's people are always kind of I guess sort of have a protective kind of leaning towards something that reinforces their own narrative or yeah. like those American guys who are editors of mags were like, oh yeah, everybody wants to just see American dudes in the magazine. They just want to see the dudes I'm shooting, of course. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. right. And you can't, you couldn't prove it wrong. It was such a sort of like yeah. qualitative thing, and there was no social media. But now you can take a look and you can see like, yeah, oh, like this girl has this many followers compared to this guy, you know. And it's, it's not that people only want to see one kind of skating. I think it also opened up a lot, like in the probably like 10 years ago because everything got sort of so so fixated on progression and bigger and bigger and bigger handrails that it really just kind of got extremely boring and yeah, yeah. like creativity kind of became the new hammer so I guess nobody really says hammers anymore but you know <laughs> creativity became the new way to stand out yeah. so I think it made skateboarding a lot more open-minded because all those cool tricks were always there before. It's just that they were only running like ones that were like, you know, oh, nobody's ever done a handrail that's this long before. Nobody's mm-hmm. ever done a, like, you know, whatever, a kickflip back lip on this hubble ledge before mm-hmm. or something. So it was all fixated on like this like checklist sort of like version of skateboarding and then it kind of, that got a bit boring after a while and it opened up to being more of a broad interpretation of skateboarding, which I think was sort of like prime for when social media came in mm-hmm. and allowed like the people representing that to be more broad. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's wild. That, there's a lot to think about there, definitely. I feel like I hear a lot from Lisa, obviously, who was on Rookie with you about like this quality of like preserving what was happening when you guys were skating and how it's kind of being repeated now I feel like I don't know I feel like we spoke to her and that really was similar in the way she was talking about skateboarding so it's interesting to see like what windows social media does open and Mm -hmm. I do I can't agree more that like truly now is the time for skateboarding in the social media world (laughs) for sure (laughs) yeah it's I mean it's really good where I also feel like it's a bit um I mean, it's a double-edged sword because I feel like people have, there is some obligation to, like, put yourself out there, like, show what you did today, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, rather than kind of just focusing on the skating itself. But yeah. I think, like, everyone will find a balance with it. Um, and I hope that it is It is still, like, there is still enough respect for, like, the actual progression of skateboarding. I'm not saying that that should go away entirely, like, and just have it be all influencers. But mm-hmm. I do think... Yeah, it's cool to show that, like, this thing can have so many different shapes and forms to the way, like, you could look when you skate, what you wear, what tricks you do. It's like, there's no other, you know, I don't even want to call skateboarding a sport, but there's no other thing like this. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. I'm glad that you said you didn't want to call it a sport because, like... I was trying, I was thinking about that very recently, like, with all the Olympic stuff and just feeling like... No other sport can you, like, 
you know, look at it as this, like, rigid kind of, like, training thing, or you can just, like, crack a beer open at 11 a.m. with your friends and do it, too. Like, there's not, like, maybe there's some, like, guys playing, like, random, like, basketball games together yeah. doing that, but, like, on a whole, like, that's really, yeah. skateboarding is very special in that sense. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see how it is, you know, like, four years from now. Uh, yeah, yeah. like three three or two years from now when when it's like in between olympics like mm-hmm. I, I think in a lot of ways it, it's great uh it's great that it's in the olympics because i think it will provide a bit more of a foundation for mm-hmm. support for women's mm-hmm. um in general like because there has to be a women's and a men's division for anything in the olympics and in the past you've always seen like women's skateboarding as represented in like the industry or the media, it's kind of completely been in tandem with the economy. Like when the economy's strong and there's like, okay, we need to find how we can expand and make more money. It's like, oh yeah, let's let's launch like a women's program. Yeah. And then when when the economy gets tight and they have to cut budget, that's the first place it gets cut from. And that's yeah. how you have like had these cycles, I think, where you have like you know, in the 80s when the economy was going strong and when the, like, when skateboarding at least was going strong, you had all of those girls like Lori Rigsby and people come up and get coverage and mm-hmm. sponsorship through Powell and, like, the biggest board companies. And then I feel like it, it, yeah, it went away when the industry was pretty broke in the early 90s and stuff. And then it kind of came back, like, late 90s, early 2000s. And I was lucky enough to be the right age at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and then when it went away after that, I mean, that was like, you know, until like three or four years ago, probably like that was the last time women were able to make money and live off skateboarding, like to any degree, I think, like, I mean, huge props to like Lacey and to Alexis who pretty much rode that cycle out. Like they were the young kids coming up and yeah, and they've, they've stuck with it and I'm so happy that they're there to you know, see it through now that there's money back in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like, they really had to, like, ride a pretty tough wave to get where they are now. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, like, even for me, when I was in it, I was getting paid more when I was am than when I was pro, just because of how the industry was. Like, my money from, like, vans. Like, Rookie was awesome, but it wasn't, like, it was a small company. It wasn't really, like, your money sponsor, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So, yeah, I was making more, I think, when I was am than when I went pro, just because of Mm -hmm. the state of the industry at that time. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've heard that from a lot of other people, too, so it's definitely not, like, unique to women's skateboarding. I mean, I think that was the case for guys, too, but, yeah. yeah, Well, that was actually going to be a follow-up question I had. (laughs) I've actually heard the same, um, regardless of gender, just kind of, or even, I've heard it even now, sometimes, of, like, people getting more money being M than some, well, some M skaters are making more money than some pro skaters, not necessarily, like, the same skater, Mm -hmm. but it's really interesting how... Well, also those terms, I mean, I don't want to go too, too deep in a hole in this because it's like, whatever, but um, <laughs> those terms are kind of getting muddled more and more. True. Super true, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah just be like, if you had a name on a board, you were pro, but then with the contests now, it's like, yeah, you might not have your name on a board, but then you're skating at the pro contest, exactly. and you're definitely on that level, and you're better than other people who might have a pro board, mm-hmm. so, Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really interesting because at the end of the day, like, a pro board is, like, a business decision as well. And yeah. people can just be fans of a skateboarder who, like... Yeah. Really, like, terrible at tray flips. Like, you know, like, whatever. But, like, they love watching them skate and they love their kickflips. So, like, let's go, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's probably... I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over the next few years. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's certain, like, conventions, I think, that, yeah, people should go through. Like, you should try to have a video part. You should try to have, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, and then have a pro board come out and that kind of thing. Like, those are, like, the traditional steps in the industry. But I yeah. also think that stuff is changing mm-hmm. a lot. And board companies don't necessarily have to be the thing that validates someone, I think. You could see, yeah. like... With guys as well. There's a lot of guys who, you know, like a lot of them just start up their own board company if they can't get on a board company. And in fact, I think the wave of like most of the board companies that are cool right now are that, like people who got kicked off other companies, you know, like Pontus Alv used to ride for Cliche and then he went and started Polar. And that's awesome. Like I think that's such a bigger contribution to skateboarding than if he had just you know, stayed a pro on, like, this big established company. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Well, that takes me to my next question, <laughs> which is really funny how how smoothly this is going. Um, <laughs> Don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm patting myself on the back. I'm like, good job, Kristen. Um, how did skateboarding change for you once you started getting sponsored? Um... I never really, it's funny, I never really thought of it, like, in terms of, like, when I got sponsored, and even that's, like, hard to, like, you know, do I think of, like, when I got shop sponsored in my hometown, or mm-hmm. when I got, um, when I got, like, sponsors that were putting ads in the magazines, or at what level, but I know for me, like, one, the biggest difference of all was just, um, I grew up in my hometown, and I was just skating with, like, the other dudes, like, one of the guys I skated with was Ryan Smith, who ended up going on to skate like you know gnarly like lip sliding like 22 stair rails and stuff like that and you know like I jumped down some big stuff I skated like 13 stair rails or like 15 stair hubbas but I just could never I could never understand how he made that leap like beyond that whereas like I feel like if we had stayed skating with each other and pushing each other Mm -hmm we kind of had this idea that we were on the same level and when we were like at least really young and then I moved away as soon as I could, like right when I turned 18 or even before I turned 18, I mm-hmm. think I graduated high school early and just like moved to San Francisco as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's where everything was back then. Like yeah. I mean, pre social media, you really had to be in one of two or three places on the whole planet to get sponsored. Mm-hmm. So uh, I moved to San Francisco as soon as I could and really every you know the best kid from every town in the world that wanted to get sponsored was in san francisco at that time in the late 90s uh you know i guess mid 90s even (laughs) so like showing up there was incredibly intimidating Mm -hmm. it was like you'd go out and skate and you would just be like you know every kid was like better than the best kid in your town you know um so uh, yeah, I remember I really felt like my progression kind of halted at that point because I just felt like, okay, I can only, I should only do stuff I can already do. You know, I wasn't really, like, learning tricks anymore. I was just sort of like, 
oh, I better just do what, do the tricks I, I know I can land because everybody's watching. And everybody really was watching. Like, I mean, whether you were a girl or a guy, everyone was like, oh, who's that? Who's that? You know, everyone's like checking out the competition yeah. that was coming mm-hmm. up. Like, at the same time, it was super fun and it was great to be like in that energy with all these people that were super good. But it was definitely that was like a change for me more so than like when I got sponsored by any specific company or anything like that but yeah I felt like if I stopped skating at a park or anything like that I always felt like people would think that I was just somebody's girlfriend hanging out there or that girls couldn't skate if I wasn't like if I wasn't landing the trick that meant like girls couldn't do that trick or something so it's a heavy weight for you to just like throw on your own shoulders (laughs) yeah I put put more on myself than I should have yeah but, uh, I mean, at the same time, I had, like, I make it sound like it was really stressful or something. No, it was, like, super fun. I was just yeah. skating with my friends every day. I, at first, I worked, like, kind of part-time when I moved to San Francisco, and I, I went to school, which was nice. I had, like, a little bit of a sort of, I don't even know what to call it. It was kind of like a scholarship thing mm-hmm. where I got, I mean, I basically paid my tuition. It wasn't a lot, but... Mm-hmm rent was pretty cheap back then and I just went to SF State so my tuition was cheap and I went I started at a school in Canada but I, that was like you know a, a good school with the air quotes around it all that stuff <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, it was pretty um it was pretty isolating and I kind of just felt like I needed to get back to San Francisco so I went back there and uh and yeah and I just went to school and skated and it was like it was yeah. the best I mean it was a great time in life for sure Sounds dreamy. <laughs> yeah. Just go to school, skateboard. But also, like, in SF. In, yeah. Was this the late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, exactly. Like, probably from, like, 97 to about 2000. And yeah. I finished school in 2001. Um, that was, like, not the best timing on my part because there was the dot-com crash. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, September the 11th, 2001, mm-hmm. like, the whole economy kind of, like, went really closed down um in I mean in some respects that lack of economic opportunity was probably I'm kind of glad for it in hindsight because had the economy been going really well I probably would have had more expectation to you know go use my college degree and get a job or something (laughs) but because there were none I just kept skating and I wasn't Mm -hmm. making like a lot but I was making enough to pay my rent and get by and uh Yeah, so I just kept doing that, um, and I did that kind of until, like, 2000, like, I don't know. I had a board graphic come out, like, that was around that time, like, 2001, and in that process, like, learned, realized I needed to learn some computer skills and, Mm -hmm. like, uh, taught myself how to use Illustrator and and started just really generally just getting into design and computer Mm -hmm. programming and stuff. What was your degree in? Cultural anthropology. Sick. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I like I do like thinking about all that stuff, but it's kind yeah. of funny because I was I always did want to go into design when I was younger, and mm-hmm. that was like had I had better high school counselors or something, it wouldn't have yeah. been the case. But it <laughs> yeah. was uh, always like, oh, art school, you'll never get a job with that. You yeah, should, yeah. You know, <laughs> respectable liberal arts degree and get a job or something. Oh my um, goodness. But yeah, I mean, design degrees are like the best thing you could have probably to get a job these days. That's fair. It's it's paid me well, so it's been worth it. 
good. I dropped yeah, out of art that's school. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, in theory, just got my new job because I went to art school because my old professor is now my new boss. Wow. So that's really, great. it really has a full circle. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I want to hear um, more about how you two juggle work and doing this podcast. Oh, God. Well, the podcast, honestly, is the, uh, I fit in, in no disrespect to this form of medium, but it's super easy in terms of, uh, based on everything else we do, because we just, like, get to talk to people. And yeah, just, like, hang, hang out. out. <laughs> yeah. It's just an appointment to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, like Yo, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> but... It's a lot of the same introverted conversation we were having before. It's like yeah. a lot of meetings between me and Kristen and then eating a lot of vegan food and then <laughs> <laughs> just talking. Somehow it happens. Yeah. I think it's nice. Like we kind of delegate things and we both have very different personalities. So yeah. that really helps in terms of like kind of going off on our own and just getting a bunch of shit done. And then we'd like come back and like reconvene and like tell each other what we did. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think like, that's the thing like we need more of is just like, yeah, women run stuff within the industry. Like yeah. whether it's, uh, you know, what you, you are doing or skate witches or mm-hmm. what Lisa's doing, all of this stuff. It's yeah. like, that's, that is so so important i think so that it it does well one so it's not just co-opted by other companies who see it as profitable in the near term and then yeah um, may, <laughs> those, com- those companies that may not support it when the economy changes direction um yeah. whereas i think like people who are you know in it for the passion it will that will be different they'll stay through thick and thin and i think like that would be that's definitely my hope like i want to do some projects too but i'll save talking on that until I do them. I think Um, though you said this way better than I'm gonna repeat it earlier but how in terms you were talking about literal skateboarding like you can't see if you see it what okay what is it you can do what you can see you can do what you can see there we go I think even with those examples like with us and what Lisa's doing in skate witches and everyone else like I think that really hopefully is going to start building like, oh, if they can do it, mm-hmm. let me exactly. start a board company or let me yeah, do a filming company. I think also too, like, um, you know, for better or for worse, like men are always going to recommend other men because you're kind mm-hmm. of saying like, you kind of like know what you see and like, you know, with the stuff that you're doing yourself. Yeah. And like women just tend to recommend other women. So like, a lot of the opportunities that we've gotten have come from other women who are like, oh, yeah, like, they do this. And a lot of, we pass on a lot of opportunities and, like, tend to prioritize women as well. That's So, like, that's, I I feel like I went off on a tangent, but here we are. I don't think so. Is that relevant? How things perpetuate themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Society, for sure. Like, like they say that there's always a tendency in hiring where mm-hmm. people will assume competence in someone that they perceive to be like themselves. Yeah. Hmm. Which yeah. is a big problem, you know, when you're working somewhere and you don't have anyone that's like you above you. Totally. It's why right. some yeah. other people sometimes get promoted probably with less work. Yeah. Wow. This is really... That's so real. Yeah. I think that's also, like, for me, um, as, like, a cis white woman... I always check myself in terms of, like, when we do a photo show or mm-hmm. on the Instagram, like, always making sure that I'm not only choosing cis white women because of, yeah. like, the shell that I just happen to be in, 
you know? So, like, as much as, like, it being important to, like, support other women, also making sure that there's diversity in the way that you're supporting people because of being so, like, I'm super hyper aware of it and even, like, you know, saying to myself, actually, is, like, suggesting a guy a better thing in this scenario if I'm, like, trying to make sure that someone's getting, like, the most qualified person, like... You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, this weird, constant struggle that I have in my brain. I'm gonna go now. Um, okay. We're gonna make it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Importance of women-owned businesses. I really want to make sure that we talk about Rookie. Yes. I know that it wasn't technically a woman-owned business, but it was, like, women-run. It, it was. Yeah, it was, it was women-owned. Okay. Um, there were a couple guys who wrote for the company. That, mm-hmm. uh, oh, cool. That was something I feel like that people didn't take, and it, it's interesting because all the all of the girls supported the guys being on the company, but other guys in the industry felt like it should have just been a girl's company with only girls. Like, I feel like that Hmm. to me, and I still don't understand that, but it was like, oh, it's okay if they do their thing, but it should be like just doing that. It shouldn't be like trying to be like a guy's, I don't know what what they thought really, but I just remember some guys saying like, oh, they shouldn't, they should only be girls. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't Would know that make just... you feel better, sir? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand. And maybe it was just the, maybe the guy had something in mind in, to give him the benefit of the doubt in terms of like how distribution could happen or something. But yeah, I really, yeah. I mean, nevertheless, like I, what I think is so amazing about Rookie is like that Elska and Catherine, and there was originally a third partner called Jung, um, but she, she um, broke off with it like and basically Catherine and Elska were the Mm -hmm. ones who put in the work and did it for like the the duration of it um they they did like they worked so hard they both worked side jobs Mm -hmm. Elska did freelance graphic design to support it and Catherine worked several jobs like whether it was like retail bartending whatever they had to do like they held it down and they Mm -hmm. put money into the company and it's totally, like, one of the few things, you know, like, when I was riding for Rookie, people were like, oh, you should quit and get on some company in Southern California so you can get in a video and blah, 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 all that stuff. And maybe that that would have been, you know, maybe stuff would have gone completely differently. But honestly, like, to me, that is the coolest thing that I ever did. Like, looking back <laughs> on it now, I'm so glad yeah. I never did that because I just yeah. look back on, like, all my other sponsors and it's like, oh, I just rode for some company in Orange County that, you know, sent me a paycheck but it was like not like I was really part of something. Yeah. It's not something that stands the test of time. So that, you know, nothing memorable about it. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas rookie is, yeah, it's totally amazing. It would still be amazing if it was around right now. Like the graphics that Elska did, the people that they had collaborate on stuff. It was just like they were really well connected with yeah. big artists. Um, like the artist who did my board graphic was Tiffany Bozik, and she does stuff that is like you know auctioned off at like fancy auctions now and art houses <laughs> the world and i think espo did some graphics for yeah. tino razzo's first board that's um, awesome yeah so it was it was pretty cool like the way that it, it came together in a really organic like new york way yeah with all the nice connections um sean kelling was another another guy on the team he rips um mm-hmm. And then uh, I think also like Stephanie Thomas, I don't know what she's up to these days, but she was, she was quite a bit younger than us and just Mm -hmm. had the smoothest style. You know, she was like, like Nico Washington was just like this smooth style apart from the rest. Yeah. Uh, It's like a nicely like rounded out 
team. Yeah, it really, like, I, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I feel like when guys see women skateboarding, they see it as in a box, as, like, mm -hmm. other. And I think that when women see women in skating, they see it as inclusive. Yeah. Like, it's a part of skateboarding, and we're a part of that now. And this representation is a part of skateboarding as a whole, whereas I feel like guys look at it as like, okay, we've got this checkbox over here, and now we got it filled with this. And I, it's not us. It's so, I feel, you're so good at talking. Because, <laughs> like, Thanks. right when I, like, start thinking something, like, you say it, and that's exactly what I was about to say, like, I think it's so cool seeing so many women on teams, whether mm -hmm. it's like with with a shoe brand or a board brand or wheels. But I really do feel like it's like okay, each brand it's like check the box. I got one girl on the team. We're good to go. Yeah. Like totally. Yeah. It's like a it's like some like video game. Like we got the token character. Let's go. Yeah. It's still like crazy to me though that like that even needs to be. A conversation and I don't that's yeah. like I know that's a little bit far-fetched in that but like it's it's wild that like even companies still need to check themselves on whether or not they have like inclusion of women or women identifying people like on their teams yeah I think I mean to be the devil's advocate on that one <laughs> one could say, like, you really only need one type of each kind of guy on the team, too. Yeah. I mean, you don't True. need, like, 20 dudes who all look the same marketing-wise. <laughs> that doesn't really help. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have enough of a crew that they all look mm -hmm. like a crew together, but sometimes, but, like, that's not how it works, because, you know, whoever's putting together the team is probably homies with those dudes, so yeah, they can keep right. them all on the team, but... Yeah, if you really wanted to be efficient about, like, getting an image across mm -hmm. marketing-wise, you probably do only need, like, a certain person to represent a certain thing. Yeah, um, maybe but... it's, like, a girl that skates straight and a girl that skates transition, or, like, a girl that likes sure. ledges and a girl who likes rails. Yeah. Like, there's still, like, some, like, style-wise. Or, like, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe a girl that's, yeah. like, super girly and another one that's, like, tomboy or non-binary person. I don't know. I get your devil's advocate point, right. but I'm kind of, like, I'll, sh I'll just break yeah. that one down. <laughs> I, I don't believe it for what, for, what I, for what it's worth. Like, after saying the devil's advocate stuff, like, yeah. I, I mean, I do think, like, when I look back on things that have been popular over time, whether it's, like, you know, when Plan B was super different um, mm -hmm. than how it is now in the early 90s and it was really popular and was like synonymous with like progression of skateboarding. Mm -hmm. This thing that also I think made it cool more so than like the crazy tricks that Mike Carroll was doing was that you had the intro to these video parts where they were all goofing around having pillow fights together and <laughs> those kinds of moments where like you know everybody ultimately always wants a crew kind of like you know yeah. you want to have fun right but you want to have your crew and I think those are always the companies that yeah. are successful in that moment in time they're like you know the most popular company of their time yeah. because everybody sees that crew together and they want yeah. to be part of that energy totally and I think like I mean what Lisa's doing with Meow is that and it's great and I think like it would be cool to see see more of that yeah. um, because right yeah right now like the, the traditional like the you know, the companies that are men's own companies, they're not doing that. They're just sort of, yeah, they are putting it on, like, a checklist, kind of. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can, like, sniff it out, though, too. Like, exactly kind of what you were saying about, like, crews that, like, mm -hmm. you can tell people genuinely like each other and stuff. Like, yeah. it's way more awkward when you're, like, 
X company is just like checking off that box and you see that ad and you're like, yeah. there's no like, you can tell when a company isn't about it and they're just doing it just because like they need to in that time. Yeah. And I feel like viewers or people or whoever's absorbing that content or whatever is like smarter than that yeah. at this point. And I think people need to recognize that too. Yeah. <laughs> like they're smart they know you're just doing this because you need to get up to the 2019 standard of like (laughs) diversity but yeah you got to do it from the I guess from the ground up rather than like working backwards right to make it look like that it's got to happen naturally without trying which is hard to do when you're trying to plan things but yeah yeah I think that that's the difference between a big company and a skate company you know yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, I guess, yeah, I don't know. It'll be cool to see. I really do hope that, uh, that we see more stuff and I really hope that, that people, you know, respect the effort that people like Elska and Catherine mm-hmm. and Lita put into stuff. And also like what, what Mimi and Kara Beth have done for getting equal prize money as um, much yeah. as like, I'm, I'm much more a fan of like the cultural side of skateboarding mm-hmm. rather than like the contest part of it. I think that them doing that is so incredibly important for all of the the everyone from like people like Alexis to like you know to to Mariah to Jen Mm -hmm. all of them being able to make a living doing this and being able to be successful and be able to make the choices in their life that will build their career it's the thing to like Mimi and Kara Beth for like getting that support in in those contests and mm-hmm. set them up to be able to do something with their career other than you know just try to get by yeah no sure. definitely could not Thanks, agree guys. more <laughs> i know i feel like this podcast has become like a fan zone for just talking about how much we appreciate and love those people specifically <laughs> but it's I, important though it is important because i don't know that people do know otherwise because there's not a lot of I mean, there is coverage, right? But right. it's like, you're, everyone's eyeballs get so spread out on so many different totally. things these days. And even like what you see, like, that's something we didn't talk about. But like, I think like if I am sitting next to like one of the guys at work who is like the same age as me, they're getting served totally different stuff on Instagram, even though we're yeah, all totally. kind of following the same people. Yeah. They're going to show them stuff they think they want to see based on other stuff mm-hmm. they just liked. And what that adds up to over time is yeah. me seeing a lot of, like, girls skateboarding and them seeing a lot of the dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, true. Um, you know, I try to, like, like everything so that I, <laughs> yeah. the algorithm, like, shows me everything. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it's kind of like, that's a danger, I think, moving forward. Because, like, I do want to see skateboarding be, like, I really do want to see that inclusive take on skateboarding, yeah. not the checkbox totally. take on and. I think that that's the dark side of Instagram. Like, while it does validate that people do want to see women skateboarding, how it's actually put out there for people mm-hmm. to consume, I think, is dangerously close to, like, the checkbox version of skateboarding yeah. that's really fragmented with everyone seeing something kind of different. I definitely agree with that. I um, I have to go out of my way to look at men's skateboarding on Instagram, even though I follow yeah. male skateboarders. It just doesn't show up my, on my algorithm. I mean, granted, like, I outwardly i'm like constantly looking for female skateboarders to like post on our instagram but um (laughs) i really do have to like remind myself to look at other 
skateboarders that aren't involved, that, like, have nothing to do with Quell in my life as a female skateboarder. Um, which sucks, because, like, I would love for it to just pop up a little bit more, so that totally. it, like, encourages me to start looking at other things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's like, a, I'll still see something, like, in, in Thrasher, and it's cool when I look at that, but it's like, whoa, this is only, like, a slice of skateboarding compared to, like, everything that's out there. Mm-hmm. And it, but there's a lot of people who look at skateboarding, that's the only slice they're seeing. Um, totally. So it's, it's cool, but it's something to be conscious of. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> my, I feel like, uh, no, I was just like, damn, we've been talking for like an hour, and my yeah. mind is so blown, and I still have like, I had like so many other questions, but I feel like also my questions were like already kind of touched on a yeah. lot of the conversation, <laughs> and I feel like my brain is filled with so much shit now. <laughs> Lots of food for thought. Honestly. Being concise sometimes. I could try to give concise answers. No, I No, I think this is perfect. Like, I always say, like, that I don't really interview people on this podcast because, like, I'd rather just have a conversation. Um, Obviously, I have, like, questions ready so we Mm -hmm. can keep the conversation going. But, like, I'd rather hear, like, little tidbits of answers through, like, tangents and conversation Mm -hmm. than, like, what is your name? <laughs> what? Yeah. Why, why do you like yeah. skateboarding? <laughs> you know. I do actually have a question that you a little bit touched on, but I guess, like, I know Lisa obviously does this with Girls Skate Network, but do you have or know of, like, a good way to find or see rookie footage, ads, like, that kind of stuff? Because I, I never really can come across a lot of things I really just see like a couple ads on Instagram if you google it yeah I think um I mean well with the hashtag there was like Skately has put up all the old ads mm-hmm. oh cool but I don't know if they put them up through like like my name or through Jamie's name or sure. through each writer's name versus like through the, the actual company sure um, totally yeah, I feel like I'd have to chat with Lisa about that. I know I've got a lot of the old mags, and so does she. I feel like you could probably do some, we should do some collection of stuff. Yeah, I was going to say maybe um, Quell's next uh, blog post is a rookie retrospective. Yeah, that would be Yeah, it would be really cool fire. for you to talk. I would bet that Elska would have that stuff still on a drive somewhere. That'd be um, awesome. I'm sure. checking in with her because she would have, like, the original scans, hopefully, yeah. and stuff like that. And it would – it really was, like – like, what made Rookie special wasn't just that it was woman-owned. It was just that it was, like, it was an incredibly stylish company. A lot of dudes wanted to yeah. ride for it. It came up around the same time as, like, Supreme was coming on the scene. And, yeah. Like, right on Lafayette at that location. Mm-hmm. And and the Rookie um, space was right on Canal at Mercer. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, it was really central to all of that stuff that was going on. Yeah. That's awesome. It, yeah, it was right in that zone, like, before, like, you know labor and dimes and stuff but it was pretty close to all of that yeah. and it was like everyone would you know leave like supreme you'd skate down stop at rookie go skate down at the banks or something like that mm-hmm. it was yeah it was like a good it was definitely a good thing to be a part of um yeah. i know yeah. that you like kind of talked about this with like the crew mentality and like how this meant so much more to you but like what i guess about being in new york or, sorry, I'm not phrasing this correctly. Um, what 
I guess, like, how did being in New York affect that versus, like, why you were saying earlier, like, there's only two cities, really, that were, like, good for being a pro? Like, how did New York stand out, and how did your experience, like, with New York specifically work? Yeah, I think... (laughs) Sorry that I can't speak English. I guess it had really gotten a lot smaller, and a lot of companies had gone out of business, like, in the early 90s, and then... When it kind of came back in the mid-90s, there was a lot of companies coming out of the East Coast. So there was, it was also like, um, First Division was one of them. There was Illuminati. There were all these companies kind of coming out of Philadelphia and that scene around like Love Park. (laughs) Then there was also like, I mean, everyone references Kids, the movie Mm -hmm. that happened and that kind of brought attention like in a cultural way. I think sort of like Mm -hmm. you're seeing now where like, the culture outside of skateboarding is looking at skateboarding as like um, whatever like a leader in culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think like um, there was just like a lot of a lot of attention paid to it in a special way in the magazines too there was like uh, Ted Newsom had a New York minute and it was every issue of trans world there was like a two-page spread that just had like these New York scenes mm-hmm. and I really think that while like so many there's so many incredible cities in the world like i feel i do feel like there's something special about new york it's really like the only place i've ever gone to that was exactly (laughs) what i thought it would be like in a way that was like inspiring rather than kind of disappointing you know a lot of times you'll go see something you've always wanted to see and you're like oh this is it like right like the pyramids in Egypt, they're like right next to a Kentucky Fried Chicken and like that kind of thing. So it's oh like, my God! Oh, this isn't what I imagined. Yeah, but New York is amazing, and it is what I imagined, and it's yeah. like always infinitely more. You know, yeah. it's there's so much energy there that's so interesting. Like you just bump into people from mm-hmm. everywhere when you're there. Whereas I feel like in California, even in San Francisco and Oakland, even though it's like a tight city, it's it's really like you know, you have to make an effort to meet up with people. You don't just sort of yeah. happen to see them in the streets. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, London is a bit like New York, too. I feel like that's also got a good energy with it. But Totally. Um, but, yeah, New York was special in that time, I think, because East Coast skating was kind of coming up. It was definitely something that, like, brought a fresh sort of flavor to mm-hmm. skateboarding. Like, mm-hmm. SF had really been in the in the moment. Uh, in like in all the videos and everything in the mid 90s and then like EMB became a real bust and a lot of people started moving to LA mm-hmm. but around that same time yeah New York kind of came up I guess with a lot of a lot of stuff like New York mm-hmm. um, with a lot of riders coming out of the east coast like getting on on companies like on the west coast like Huffnagel and stuff like that being on real having mm-hmm. like a lot of cool footage in New York and stuff Totally. New York yeah. is special. <laughs> New York is special. York I'm is laughing like special. we were. God. It's cool that there's so many parks there because I will say like it used to be really hard to actually really skate in New York. Like yeah. I mean, you could go out and cruise around and it would be the best time ever. But yeah. as far as like there was no park like Lower East Side or any mm-hmm. of those ones in Brooklyn or Astoria, it was really like yeah, it was just like straight up streets. Gotta find your like, spots. <laughs> 
Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I had so much fun there. Like, just it would be so hot in the summer and just go out super late at night, like mm-hmm. even go get a beer at Max Fish and have like a red, red stripe and then go up at 11 o'clock after that and just wow. start skating from yeah. like 11 until like daybreak or something. That was amazing. That oh. sounds so magical. Yeah, that does sound really beautiful. Yeah. Imagine having that much time to waste. That is magical. <laughs> also that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually, every once in a while, I just, like, oh, this is, like, a magical New York moment, like, mm-hmm. you don't really get that anywhere of just that feeling of, like, yeah. like, skating over the Williamsburg Bridge, you know, at 1am, perfect example of just, like, this feels magic, like, you're looking at the yeah. skyline, and you're like, what dream am I living in, this is so sick. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Yeah, that's funny, skateboarding, like, when I talked about skateboarding not being a sport kind of thing, I do feel like that's coolest part of skating is it just helps you explore everywhere for sure yeah and yeah you just get to cover so much ground like what you're saying about just like Mm -hmm. cruising the streets like I'll go weeks where I skate every day but I don't think I do a trick I just like just cruising around is the fun part of it yeah yeah, yeah, SF is fantastic like that too. Like yeah. I miss that because I like when I was working there, I would always just I took a cruiser board every day to work, yeah. and I would just you know like maybe just ollie up a curb or like roll around and yeah, rolling a couple in, sloppies. In the streets. <laughs> so amazing and yeah, it's just like when you leave work, everything's gridlocked and it's just like you're pushing like <laughs> I just go on one yeah. street against the traffic between the cars and uh, it was so fun. Yeah. Um, I miss that here in Portland. We don't really have that. But, no. but, um, but there are a lot of parks and stuff, and I definitely get to travel a lot, so it's mm-hmm. fine. But, uh, yeah, nothing nothing replaces that late-night skate. Oh. All right. Damn. Yeah. Um, I think there... So I actually... I know that this isn't New York-related, but um, I'm looking at my questions, and I feel like the only thing that I really like wanted to hear about that I, we didn't cover um is about ftc oh yeah um yeah i kind of couldn't believe it when kent asked me to ride for ftc i mean i guess everyone it wasn't that elite like it was everyone in sf but it was one of the yeah. first videos that i had was for ftc and they did a video called finally i think it it was only like a 20 minute long video or something mm-hmm. but it was just so cool it was like my carol all the best people all the best music and mm-hmm. it was at that time that was such a sick shock you know it was yeah. like it was before it was even on hate street like i think kent started his parents had a sporting goods store in downtown san francisco and he just started carrying boards in the sports store and mm-hmm. started like sponsoring kind of like some of his friends and stuff and then um I should know the history way better than I do um that the <laughs> you know more than me yeah <laughs> the name was always like up for debate but I think that it was just honestly on the awning when his parents opened the sporting goods store it was like on the awning from the store before or something That's funny. Yeah. And, uh, so it was yeah, it was just, like, something that was, like, a natural growth of, like, a scene and, like, Kent being smart enough to nurture and support that. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then I lived up in the Haight in SF, like, pretty close to where the, the original full FTC was when it was, like, the first version of it being a full skate shop mm-hmm. was on Schrader and Schrader Street just off Haight Street. And then a few years after that, like, it got bigger, and I think he moved it over onto Haight Street in the location that it's still at now, mm-hmm. um, where, yeah, a lot more, like, 
traffic, like the the Japanese tourists getting their limited edition stuff and all of that. <laughs> totally. Um, so it's a better location um, in the way that like a lot of those skate shops and um, you know, like Supreme or something like that. Yeah. Get the foot traffic from Soho, but um, yeah, it was that was super cool. Like it was. It was a good time. I feel like I did kind of miss like the glory days of it because the like EMB scene was already kind of winding down by the time I moved to San Francisco. It was it was still super fun. Like I got to skate. I'd done a couple visits before I moved there when Union Square which still had the green benches and everyone <laughs> would just take the benches and set them up down the stairs and this is like yeah. Union Square SF, not New York. Um and like you would just skate like down the benches and like it was kind of like the park was sort of tiered down the hill okay and the cops would come in with their cop cars and drive down the stairs and like come Whoa. in on motorbikes and it was like i didn't i didn't hate it because it was kind of fun because yeah. that whole city's on a hill and we all had like the run down like yeah. so they would come in it was a bust and you just have like 100 skaters like booking down the hill wow. like bombing all the hills and everyone would like split up and kind of go different ways yeah. but you knew like the next spot would be like the wendy's bench on like third and market <laughs> and like there was like a series of spots and that's how the evening went it was like you go meet up skate at union square and hopefully get there before the cops busted it because if you did then you'd be on like the same program as everyone else like hitting all the spots going down towards like the waterfront um down to emb and like where the island is now and stuff like that but that was well before the island was built wow yeah yeah that's special like you've been on a hill like that it was pretty cool wow i'm so scared of bombing hills <laughs> you just need really really hard wheels to be able to power slide because i that... still like a lot of wheels that people ride i mean i guess it's good when they're grippy <laughs> like they're in a park but um yeah sometimes i go to power slide and they stick and that does scare me a lot thank you yeah <laughs> Okay, I just changed from 101 to 99, and I'm like, no, I don't like these. I can't power slide the same way, and I don't like it. And yeah. I've been arguing with my boyfriend for, like, six <laughs> months about this, and I'm like, no, the, like, three degrees matters to me. Like, I want the 101, so I can yeah. power slide. <laughs> yeah, definitely. To me, it makes a difference. I mean, I guess, like, Technically, if you're going fast enough, I've seen people power slide on anything. Yeah. But it's definitely uh, a little... I'm not trying to work hard, though. Like, you don't be, yeah, you don't want to be in the I position where... I can power where... slide, but I don't want to like, put as much effort into power sliding at, with the 99 versus the 101. I'm sorry. I just don't want to stick and slam. Yeah. Bit like the power slides, like you have to be going fast for it to work. Yeah. So it's kind of a bit like the um, practicing falling, but how do you really practice falling? On right. The fall? <laughs> so. you do it. Totally. Yeah, I feel like I'm still ca I'm pretty cautious in terms of like I'll kind of feel like where that limit is and like pull back, because um, I yeah. think just watching people fall bombing hills is enough for mm -hmm. me. I know I'm gonna get there, of course, but you know. You're going to power slide and you're going to fall. I Hopefully am. not in that order. <laughs> Every time I've tried to do a backside power slide, I've, fell, I've fallen. I've only done that in controlled areas. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I'm a little out of practice now that I'm not living on the hills in yeah. SF. So 
hopefully get back there and do that sometime soon. It's definitely, like, a lifestyle move, I feel like. It really is something that you need to, like, kind of keep in your body, or else it's like, oh, this is what it feels like. Yeah. Muscle memory's still there, I'm sure, but, yeah, yeah, it's good when it's, like, uh, yeah, like, when I would travel and I'd go back to SF and, like, my eyes would be tearing up, like, skating down the hills just from, like, I wasn't used to the speed and stuff, and then, like, a week later after being back, I'd totally be used to it, and I don't know, like, what that that your eyes are reacting to or whatever, but, (laughs) like, like, that's crying because it's it's so beautiful, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, it changes. If you do it every day, it's, like, not even fast. Yeah. if you don't ever do it then it feels incredibly fast <laughs> exactly that's what uh, honestly that's probably one of my favorite things about skateboarding going down things no just that the like the perception of what's hard what's scary yeah. what's fun the constant flux of that depending on like what you've been doing yeah. like you know you kind of go at least me like I go through phases of like I just want to like skate bowls and then I'm like I'll, like, go and skate street again, like, try and ollie and be like, whoa. <laughs> um, yeah. Or I won't drop into something for a while because, like, I'm only, like, doing, like, I'm, I'm only been skating for two years. I don't know if you know that's me, Jesse. So I'll just, like, have, like, a lot of ollie weeks and then I'll, like, try and drop in and be like, oh, shit, this is scary again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Even, even for me when I'm sitting at a desk working for a long time and then I go skate and I'm like, ooh not really feeling it today sometimes and then other days it like goes really well and you're like oh yeah I got all my tricks again this is great yeah (laughs) yeah you can't always predict it but it's good just to get out yeah that's why I like it you know sometimes it makes you frustrated but for the most part I think it's just like a nice like yeah it forces you to go with the flow and as a Virgo I need that in my life (laughs) yeah yeah good lesson for life across the board yeah, For you sure. need the cosmic energy to force you to calm down. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you really wanted to touch on? Mm, <laughs> I think we talked a lot. I feel like we yeah. can talk again another time. Yeah. But I I gonna, think you'll be the first repeat guest, I feel like. Maybe yeah, we, we just it. get the whole rookie crew together for a, a special edition. That's very true. Yeah, the to-do item out of this, I gotta get in touch with Elska and with Lisa and with Catherine and figure out, we get, like, all the, um, get all the footage together. Maybe Jamie has some old stuff, too, but, yeah, we had, like, some random things that I feel like I've never even seen. Like, I know that we had, like, a little video edit that was in a Big Brother video or something. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't think I ever, like, I saw the edit, but I never saw the video when it came out. Right. Uh, that's funny and hard to believe, but before right. everything used to get posted on YouTube, like, there was, like, a video cassette, and if you didn't, your local shop didn't have it, or, yeah. like, you just you just didn't see a lot of videos that came out in back right. in those days if you didn't have access to it. Damn. Yeah, we'll get the rookie archives oh for sure. God. Yeah. That'll be our next it's goal. Oh. I'm gonna watch you all cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. cry. I don't know. I'll cry. It was a good um, time. Something special. Super glad that they did it. Yeah. Um, they they put a lot of work into it, and I feel like yeah, they should. It's cool that there's some attention on it now because it was well before its time. Yeah, for sure. Um, even though that that expression is a bit ridiculous, but um, but yeah, it is because <laughs> hey, nothing's true. really before its time. But the the mm-hmm. I guess the acceptance of it can be. That makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I agree. Um. Okay, well, I think we shouted out Rookie a lot, but are there any other shout-outs that you wanted to give? 
Oh no, now I'm on the spot. I'm going to go <laughs> generic. I thank everyone. I definitely would, you know, would say like Lisa has always been the patron saint of skateboarding. <laughs> so <laughs> that is my shout out. It's Aww. like, yeah, Lisa, thank you for all that you do. Um, she's she's really done so much and also really like so proud of like Kristen and Shari and everything that they're yeah. doing as well is is so important for like the next generations to be able to build on. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, stoked on on what everyone is doing right now, and um, yeah, and excited to contribute and to be able yeah. to move all of this forward. It's good energy. I awesome. feel it too. Agreed. Yeah. Um, cool. So Ooh, we usually. That was... <laughs> <laughs> the chair made such a farting noise. Adrian's tooting her over here. Don't don't listen to her. It's long. the chair. It's the chair. <laughs> Anyway, um, was, do you have any advice for anyone who wants to start skating? Just start skateboarding? <laughs> I don't know why that's like, that's something that's different to me from how it used to be, like how mm-hmm. there's all these meetups and stuff, like yeah. that's cool and it's helpful to start skateboarding, but you can also just go get a, I mean, save up however you get a skateboard, get a skateboard and put it under your feet. You can just do it that way. That was the yeah. old fashioned way. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> like, I honestly had no idea what I was doing skateboarding for so long yeah. when I started skateboarding. And I think like, uh, that was the case for everyone back then. Whereas now people are like, Oh, I gotta have a video. I gotta have like, yeah. I gotta go to a meetup and I gotta have an instructor and stuff. I mean, we used no. to just fumble our way through it. And yeah. like, yeah. that's sort of part of the discovery and creativity of it. Sure. Um, it's not entirely bad, like, um, giving that space for it. I think like, I remember one day I went and I was just so determined to do a 50, 50 grind on a curb, but I had no idea that you had to like wax the curb or even it wasn't even a painted curb. I just literally went and like all the end of 50, 50 on this curb and slammed like a hundred times in a row yeah. before I went home pretty, um, bummed out. But then I found out that you needed to wax the curb and I was just like, Oh, it's kind of, you know, yeah. it's good. Now everybody knows that kind of stuff from the beginning. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks for uh, paving the way on that one for us. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry. Don't feel bad. I'm sure whatever you slam on, someone slammed more on it before. That's, that's <laughs> a really good uh, that's perspective. Perfect <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, this... <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yes, well, uh, thanks for the time talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much for... Thank you. Where can people find you on the social media? Oh, yeah. I am at Future Artifact. Perfect. Should we spell that? I don't know. How can people spell? But yeah, Future Artifact. I should have... I have Jesse Van... I just forgot the password, so there's only one photo that I posted there in 2008 or whenever Instagram started, and I forgot how to access it. I really love Perfect. that. I should try to merge that maybe one day, but I don't know. I'm not especially pro at posting stuff. I'm trying to trying to keep my life balanced. Um, <laughs> As you should. Yeah. I feel that. As you should. I'll put up some old, old stuff. Um, and try to get some new stuff there too. Should be out filming some more these days. Yeah, yeah. I like you can go out. visit Jamie and get on her ramp she built. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a ramp when I was younger. Like, yeah, that's a good time. Yeah, it's so like fun. hours and hours and hours. Um, yeah, it was good. I, I like I liked skating with Jamie this year. I felt real fortunate. It was super fun. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was just fun, just like seeing your little your. Um, 
what's it called? The the witch hunt, like your witch oh, hunt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. like, yes. walk. Like, oh, yeah. Ladies of Leisure. So yeah, sick. Yeah. Uh, you know, a casual, not trying too hard. Um, uh-huh. Enjoying, enjoying the witch hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I think those are still up on Thrasher. Yeah, well. maybe I'm stoked on that stuff. I'm looking forward to next year. Ugh, me too. Yeah.